Veterans Path, helping veterans find peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor through practical tools like meditation and mindfulness, physical and outdoor experiences, and a community of camaraderie. I'm John McCaskill, a Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. Here on the Veterans Path podcast, I interview veterans, athletes, corporate leaders, and many others who found peace through the practices of meditation and mindfulness, breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good day. I'm John McCaskill, your host, and thanks for tuning in to the Veterans Path Podcast. This podcast is just a piece of what we do. Veterans Path is actually a nonprofit working to introduce veterans and active service members to meditation and mindfulness, typically in outdoor settings, so they can rediscover a sense of peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And that's where the word path in our name comes from. And the point of this podcast is to make people more aware of what we do to increase support of Veterans Path, increase attendance at our retreats so we're able to help more veterans, and finally, to reduce the stigma around mindfulness and meditation and seeking mental health support. Listeners and viewers, if you're enjoying the show, please give us a review or a like and share the show with anyone and everyone you think could benefit from our message. Also, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Today, I'm honored to have as my guest, Jesse Strawham, a wheelchair athlete on a mission to inspire the world to live life to its fullest by sharing her story. Jesse is currently training to compete in the 2022 Winter Paralympics in wheelchair curling. In January 2015, Jesse was the passenger on a motorcycle when it collided with a car. She woke up a week later in an intensive care unit without the use of her legs secondary to a spinal cord injury. Instead of accepting disability as her reality, she rejected the prognosis that she would be wheelchair dependent for the rest of her life. In the face of adversity, she is recovering from her disability and using it as a platform to reach the world. In the five years since her injury, she has been able to achieve more than she previously dreamed possible. To name just a few accomplishments, she has qualified for the U.S. Paralympic Curling Development Team and founded a nonprofit called Wheel With Me, the Wheel With Me Foundation, that aims to serve persons with spinal cord injuries, or SCIs. Over the past several years, Jesse has generated a significant following among both the spinal cord injury and able-bodied community. She says her goal is simple, to show the world there is opportunity in their obstacles. She helps people achieve their dreams through the importance of goal setting. We're gonna learn a lot more about Jesse, her accident, and the recovery, her use of meditation in the healing process, her training for the Paralympics, and her nonprofit. And that's all here in today's episode of the Veterans Path Podcast. All right, welcome back. As mentioned in the intro, my guest today is Jesse Strawham, a wheelchair athlete working towards competing in the 2022 Paralympics. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you with us. Uh, how are you doing? Life is good. Everyone's talking about how self-isolation is getting to them and I'm thriving. <laughs> That's awesome. Great to hear. I'm curious, you know, how, uh, how you are thriving in this. And I'm sure just uh, knowing a little bit about you, you've probably put the rest of us to shame already today and gotten in a workout and done some meditation and yoga. Uh, we'll definitely get into all that. So 
uh, I was I was watching the the adapt video on YouTube, um, which is awesome, by the way, and it goes into a little detail of your accident and your recovery, uh, both of which we'll get into. But um, first of all, I just want to say your attitude uh, is infectious. It's inspiring, and I cannot wait to share your story with our listeners, um, especially right now, kind of as we already alluded to, as we're all going through an obstacle, and that's part of your mission, to show that there is opportunity in your obstacles. So with that all said, we'll go ahead and get into it. Let's, uh, let's learn a little bit more about you, Jesse. Uh, where did you grow up? I actually grew up in Northeastern Ohio, a town called Canton. Most people know it for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> and I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina when I was 16 years old. My parents relocated me here. I used to race ATVs. Oh, and wow. So, yeah. So they moved us here to follow my dreams. And it was and the best decision my parents could have ever made. I love North Carolina. I love where I live. It's beautiful. And so I, I raced off-road. I went to school, graduated early, went right into work, couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, so I worked at a couple of restaurants and then I got a job at an orthodontist office because I wanted to make people smile. <laughs> and nice. I thought I was going to go to dental school, but then I was in a life-changing motorcycle accident and my entire mission and path changed. Yeah, I definitely, I want to get into that. But first, I, that ATV racing intrigues me. How, how did you get into that? That's not something you hear every day. Uh, so when I was a kid, we used to go to this campground and I would ride four wheelers. And somebody said to my dad, hey, you should get them into racing woods, which them is my little sister and I. And my sister wasn't as interested, but I'm like, absolutely. So I started <laughs> racing uh, four wheelers in 2005. So and how, old, how old are you at that time? Uh, like, I can't do quick math. I think 13. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I believe it was 13. Um, yeah, cause I'm 27 now. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it was a, a really, really cool experience to get to grow up racing ATVs, traveling the country racing. Not many people get to do that. You know, I hadn't went to the beach. I never went on family vacations. I never went to Disney. <laughs> I, I actually did all of those things after getting paralyzed. Uh, wow. Because I, I spent my childhood traveling the country racing. I mean, we literally, every single weekend of the year, we would go to different races. And yeah. That's crazy. What's the season look like for that? It's from the middle of february all the way through the end of november wow and yeah, you have a couple long. months in the summer off yeah and we oh my gosh it was amazing my we would leave on i remember we would go to a race on saturday and then stay the night in the truck and then go to a race again on sunday we were literally racing so much and it was it was cool i feel very fortunate to get to grow up into that because then when i got paralyzed i got to race off road in a single seat side by side made by Polaris. It was oh, that's nice. cool. Yeah. Very and cool. I got to go back to racing. <laughs> nice. Now, um, w was that pretty strenuous physically doing that racing? Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. it is. And you, uh, I never took seriously how much you have to train physically and mentally. I didn't learn about mental management until my road to wheelchair curling and being a part of the national program, we do a lot of mental management pro, uh, practice. 
And that's where I learned about, you know, meditation and being mindful. The mindfulness is huge and it's, it's amazing what it does for you. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and as I mentioned right before I hit record, we'll definitely get into that because that's kind of, oh man, I'm having some audio issues here, everyone. So hopefully uh, I won't have too many, but my mic uh, had a little bit of a run in with my dog this weekend. So (laughs) (laughs) hopefully it won't be too much of an issue, but anyway, um, yeah, we'll definitely get into that as meditation and mindfulness that's a big piece of what we do with veterans path and that's uh definitely what i want to talk about but the uh the physical side there so you're racing atvs you've got the mental aspect that you're developing in the curling which also i'm very curious how you got into that being in ohio and north carolina um yeah actually let's 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 ask that what's how did you get into that so I actually had to take a step away from curling a couple of months ago. I injured my shoulder okay. and I'm currently a student. I wasn't a student when I first started. So when I got paralyzed in 2015, I spent the first year focusing on walking again. I spent countless hours and dollars on a recovery that didn't happen, wasn't going to happen. So I said the hell with it. And I decided to live life to the fullest as a wheelchair user. I was like, what does this wheelchair have to offer me? And I started participating in adaptive sports and I wanted the fastest way to the Paralympics and the head of our adaptive sports program here in Charlotte, it's called ASAP. She said, well, curling, there's a curling club here. Try it. And I tried it in the technical aspect of it. I fell in love with it because yes, it tests you so much mentally as a wheelchair curler. We don't have sweepers. So you literally have to be on the line and you have to throw the stone at the right speed to get it to where you want it to go. Wow. Yeah, and taking I, into account, it's going to curl. Sure. Yeah, I didn't even really think about the fact that you wouldn't have sweepers. Uh, I mean, I, I've only watched curling. I mean, the only time I watch it is every four years during the Winter Olympics. And obviously, you see the sweepers. And uh, yeah, didn't even think about that aspect of things. So that must be quite a bit more challenging. I mean, there's several aspects to it that I'm sure are more challenging. So good for you. That's awesome. And I love the name of the the organization ASAP. Uh, that's appropriately named, getting you back into competing as soon as possible. I mean, obviously that's not what it stands for, but uh, I love oh, it. Oh yeah, it's it's adaptive <laughs> sports and adventures program. But <laughs> I love though I love your definition of it because that's literally what it is. The ASAP saved me for sure. Nice. And it's it's given me so much opportunity. So I've applied for a grant to curl and I got approved for it. And I was like, Hey, I'm not curling anymore, but I do want to learn to ski. And so they actually changed the grant. So next winter I get to go learn to mono ski in Colorado and I applied for another grant to hopefully fingers crossed, get a ski of my own so I can go in the mountains here. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Wow. Yeah. You're killing it. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I mean, we've obviously mentioned your accent several times already can you tell us exactly what happened, um, like the extent of your injuries, and then walk us through the initial waking up in the hospital? I was a passenger on a motorcycle. We were pulling away from the traffic light, and a woman in an early thousands SUV was making a U-turn, and she never stopped, failed to yield, and she went right in front of us. So the driver of the bike went through her back window oh. and broke his leg. I went over her SUV broke my back in two places. My ribs punctured my lungs, nicking my spinal cord. 
I have a traumatic brain injury and I coded twice and was resuscitated. Jeez. Yeah. I'm very, very lucky to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. And so your, uh, your recovery or ra rather before we get into the recovery, you were out for a week basically in the hospital before you even knew what had happened. Now you I was in up. and out. Yeah. So yeah. I, I woke up at one point and I had told my mom that my grandma voice told me it wasn't my time and I couldn't stay with her and she couldn't come with me. And wow. I had things to do and people to get back to. I woke up, told my mom that, and my mom told my dad he, that night, she's like, she died. We, we almost lost her. She died. And my dad later got my medical records and it was confirmed. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a part that I don't, I don't remember being covered in the adapt movie. That's a, that's pretty powerful. It's the most, I was saved the day before my injury. I went to my uh, really good friend's grandmother's funeral and I can't even explain it. But as the pastor was speaking, I felt so much calmness just overwhelm my body. It felt like I was in this blanket of calm is mm. the only way I can explain it. And then the next evening i'm in this traumatic accident and it just i think it's very very powerful and i i live that i'm living through god and i'm i'm doing his work and that's my purpose is to do do god's work and you know i tell i have close friends that say they don't believe in god and i'm like source universe whatever you say that's that's your god like that's my god yeah I, I choose to believe in religion because I believe the Bible is a guide of how to treat one another and how to be de a decent human being. And so I, I don't, I don't talk about my religion a lot. Just like I don't talk about politics because I don't, I don't like to argue with people and I don't want people to put my God down. Sure. Uh, but it, I believe that a hundred percent I'm doing his work and that's my purpose. I'm sure that you have uh, an incredible um, your faith has probably been like multiplied exponentially after everything that you've been through. So, wow. Uh, yeah, definitely a piece that I did not expect today. That's, that's amazing. Definitely want to learn more about that. Maybe, uh, maybe another time, but yeah. Wow. Um, as far as, uh, you're waking up and you're finding out, okay, you're most likely not going to walk again. How did you deal with that emotionally? So I woke up <laughs> to a nurse between my legs and she was cathing me and cat, the cathing is, you know, sticking the tube in your yeah. urethra to make you pee. Some right. people don't know what that is. It's so, um, I uh, appreciate your covering it. Um, I wake up to this nurse but, and I don't feel her. That was my issue with the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm cathing you. And I'm like, why can't I just go to the bathroom? And oh, get my, wow. I thought that you get in your wheelchair and you just go to the bathroom. And that's when the gravity of the situation really hit me. Mm -hmm. And so I, that second week in ICU, they were getting me out of bed to do PT. And I will never forget this OT had me grab my leg and it felt like a piece of steak and the refrigerator that I, I, it literally was just a cold piece of meat. And mm. I didn't, I, it wasn't a part of me at that yeah. point. And I just, I remember throwing, I was putting socks on and I threw my leg back down. And I said, get out. I can't. And I was like, holy shit, I'm paralyzed. 
and it, 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 it just, it was like, all right, now what do I do? And my first thought was to join virtual support groups. I'm like, I need answers. How do you guys do this? And so I was in support groups on Facebook and ICU. And I think that was a big, big game changer for me. It saved me because I was getting all of this information. I'm like, hey, this is what they're telling me. I'm still in the hospital. I'm not even in rehab, but this is what I'm told. What does this mean? Yeah. And from the beginning, I was getting my information from people that were going through it. Wow. That's pretty powerful. I mean, that's, that's amazing that those support groups exist. And I guess in this day and age, uh, and, and right now specifically, that's even more uh, appropriate uh, or relevant in that we kind of all need these virtual support groups right now because we can't get out and get with within you know six feet of one another uh, so that that's amazing so that was 2015 uh, virtual support group was that on like Facebook or yep. yeah it yeah. was on Facebook um, it's called spinal cord injury USA and at the time there was only I think 5,000 members or something in it and now it's up to almost 15 wow and I'm also in another group it's called real mommies and even though I'm not a mom it was for all women with spinal cord injuries yeah. And that one also just having a group of women that get it and they understand. And, you know, you could say, Hey, around my period, I feel this way. Mm-hmm. And it's other people relating that information is just not out there. The rehab hospitals don't give it to you because they don't realize, you know, they're not living through it, which is sure. part of wheel with me foundation's goal. I want to build a transitional community for spinal cord injury survivors. Beautiful. It's crucial. We give these individuals the skills to live independently there's 51% of my population lives on some type of government assistance and relies solely on that for their independence. Wow. Yeah. That again, I, I have to admit my ignorance, um, maybe just naivete, uh, in, in, you know, you just kind of assume that if somebody is paralyzed, that they are taught that stuff, uh, or taught the emotional side of things that come with it. But, it's amazing that those groups exist and very fortunate. Uh, that's, that's amazing. So how, what about your family? Um, how did they deal with it? And, um, and was there any type of support for them? Oh, my, um, my parents really could have used support. My mom didn't get therapy until four years later. My dad didn't really start acting normal around me and joking with me and playing with me until probably the last year. I mean, my my parents really, I mean, I was my dad's son. Yeah. Essentially. I would help him with yard work. I would help him cut wood. Like I, we would change the oil in my truck together. We did, we did so much together. And so his son essentially was taken away from him and my sister was getting married at the time. And so she wasn't in the house and it was just, I'm very fortunate to have the family support I have. We're very, very close at the same time, my parents did not get the emotional support they needed. Yeah. So, I mean, are there any support groups for families like that? Not that I know of. And that's part of, that's part of my goal as well. You know, I want to, I want to have a support for the whole family and there won't be, it won't be able-bodied PTs, OTs, teaching individuals. It's going to be real people that have went through it because Mm -hmm. I've learned more from peer support and I've gained more confidence in my injury from peer support than I ever have from a hospital or a PT or an OT as a wheelchair sure. user. Sure. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Um, you know, veterans relate to veterans. Uh, I am sure the same goes for you as, as a, 
uh, SCI, uh, you know, you're going to relate to those who are in wheelchairs who have experienced the same thing and, and can tell you what they went through and how to handle it or how they handled it, maybe give you tips of what to expect as it's about to come your way. Um, that able-bodied OTs or PTs won't ever know. And even if they read it in a book, it's still not the same as personally experiencing it. So um, what did, uh, let's see, what did the day of, a day in the life of Jesse Strawham, what did it look like prior to the accident? And, and what does it look like now? Every time someone asks me about who I was before my injury, it's, I was, I've been obviously with the isolation, we've had time to reflect a lot and I've been reflecting on who I was before I was paralyzed. And I just, I struggle to remember that person. You know, I went to work. I, I didn't, I was alive, but I had no purpose. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I was just aimlessly living in life and I wasn't, you know, I'd go to work. I wasn't being proactive towards I just think I, I think back and I'd go to work and then I, I would party on the weekends. I wasn't doing anything near as productive as I am now at all. And I wasn't helping anyone. I just, I think back to that person. I'm like, wow, that was, was that really me? Yeah. <laughs> because well, now, I mean, life's put in perspective. Every, sure. but my injury has given me so much. I get, you know, you, you get asked, would you take the pill? You walk again. And if, if, if I could walk, that'd be cool, but I really want my bowel and bladder back and I would never undo this because the. That's pretty. <laughs> I was going to let it do its thing. <laughs> um, if I could take back my injury, I would not because it has given me so much perspective on what's important in life. It's taught me the importance of letting go of judgment of not only yourself, but of others as well. You know, so, so much we want to judge others and then we judge ourselves so much. And it's like, take a minute, step back. What are these judgments getting you? What are they doing? How are they productive to anything? The amount of productivity of our attitude and our emotions. It's, it's unbelievable how much we can control in the world and people don't realize it. They think that they're a slave to their circumstances and they look at me and they say, you know, well, it's because you went through this thing. My obstacles are different. They're not. Yeah. Your obstacles themselves may be different, but the way sure. you react to them, you could react in the same way I'm reacting to my spinal cord injury. Do I have bad days about it? Yeah. There are days I'm like, shit, I wish I could go hike up a mountain and go dive into a waterfall. That would be right. really rad right now. But at the same time, I'm like, shit, my life is sick. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. I, right? Like you wouldn't get to experience the life that you're experiencing without that struggle or that obstacle. And that obstacle is what's going to make you stronger. It's where you're going to learn the lesson. There's always a lesson in your obstacle. There's always something that you can learn from it. And there's always growth to be made from it. It's when people let it weigh them down and stop them. It's like this thing happened in my life. Whoa, pump the brakes. I've got to stop here. And you don't, you can stop for a moment, acknowledge what has happened figure out what you're going to do, but then you reroute and you continue moving forward. And so often we stop in our struggles and we, that's, that's where, you know, I want to help people overcome that. And I want to help them see that 
there's just so much life to be had and we don't have to live in these confines that society has set on us. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I'm really curious. Did you have, um, I mean, obviously you coded, you died and saw your grandmother. Um, did, when you woke up, did you come out with this attitude? I mean, what is it that got you to where you are right now mentally with your attitude of, I guess, an attitude of gratitude? <laughs> <laughs> my first year of my injury, I still continued to party and try and live that lifestyle. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was very counterproductive on my health. I didn't realize as a wheelchair user, things were going to be a lot more taxing. You can't stay in your chair for 12 to 14 hours a day without extreme pain. You know, it was, it was a very interesting learning experience. And then my year after learning adaptive sports, I didn't work out or anything because I thought that, you know, I didn't have to, I'm paralyzed. It is what it is. This is how I'm going to look. Mm -hmm. And I fell in a hotel room floor. I actually put, I had a, a full meltdown. I posted it on YouTube. It's called frustrations of paralysis. And it's seven minutes of me just cussing and being mad and sad. I can't even watch the whole video because it just is like, I remember that feeling. <laughs> it takes me right back there. And I wasn't strong enough to get myself back in my chair. And I just, I literally struggled for 30 minutes. Mm. And I was so frustrated because people think that our biggest struggle is not, is not walking. And it's, no, it's how am I going to get myself in my chair? How am I going to go to the bathroom? And I just wanted to use that moment <laughs> and I posted on YouTube and then it got 50,000 views and I'm like, wow, people are listening to what I'm saying. Maybe I should put positivity out there. Maybe I yeah. should try and try and put a better message out. And after that realization of people listen to what's being said, I decided to change what I was putting out there. And I went on this whole personal development journey. I had, a, I've had numerous different coaches over the years. Uh, my last one has been my favorite so far. Uh, they've all helped me in a certain way in that place though. And then I've done the, the different development work. And then I really, I hired meditation and I literally am just now getting to five minutes and I've been practicing on and off for the last three years. <laughs> I've been, it is. And I've solidly been practicing. I can say solidly as in every single day for the last three weeks, which is, you know, that's, it's a Good huge thing. And I'm, I'm finally upping to my, this is my first week at five minutes. I'm three for three. And I'm very pumped on it because it really, when my mind feels like it's chaotic and I can't, I can't get my thoughts straight. I take that five minutes. I listen to the meditation. I use balance and headspace and I just quiet everything. It's just like, it stops because you know our mind is doing this it's right. going back and forth it's it's crazy all day long we can't get straight it's like i have this this and this to do and you can't get them right and then you meditate and it quiets that and it's like it breaks everything apart and it prioritizes it for you and then the next thing you know you're like okay i can do this <laughs> exactly exactly yeah so uh that's uh finding meditation through a coach. You've been fortunate to have that. And now, now you're up to five minutes for our listeners. Um, you know, it, it is tough <laughs> meditating uh, because your mind does bounce around a lot. It is tough. It's not something uh, it's easy to do as far as sitting down and making the time for it. But then sometimes your mind bounces around so much. It's really tough to, 
to quiet your mind. And meditation is not clearing your mind of everything, but it's, it's noticing what's going on in your mind and then just being with it and allowing it to happen. Um, and that can help to calm your mind, not so much clear it necessarily, but yeah, that's, that's fantastic that, that you got introduced to it. Um, by somebody and you're using the would you say you're using calm and uh, another app uh, um i use balance and balance. headspace yeah okay. oh sorry balance and headspace yeah but it, it it does it clears a path for me that's what yeah. i meant by that it like oh no i wasn't correcting oh. you no sorry oh, no. because <laughs> like, like, it's like it literally just open i don't even like it literally feels like your brain opens up and there's just so much more room yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And sorry. I, I didn't, I didn't mean to come wrong. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, in the, in the short, uh, adapt the movie, uh, 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 at least what I've seen seven minute film, you're, you're doing the tough mutter in there. Uh, you're working out, uh, and you're going to physical therapy and this was uh, uploaded like a year and a half ago or so, at least from what I can Yeah, say. yeah. Um, in it, you mentioned going to a trainer and then actually getting some uh, leg movement back and then being able to even stand. Um, first off, what, what is going on there? I mean, is that's not the norm, right? To, to be able to get some leg movement back. Uh, and how, how do you explain that? I, uh, so... Two years into my injury, I decided to add physical activity to my life and take control over my diet. I had gained almost 30 pounds. And so I was up to 260. I'm only, I'm 5'5 or so. And so I was pretty heavy. That was a lot of weight to push around. And mm -hmm. I decided there was this CrossFit program here in Charlotte. It's called Project Momentum Fitness. And it's adaptive CrossFit for free. And so I got to work out once a week with a actual trainer. And then I did the whole 30 diet. And then I went to a healer in Florida. And if anything, he gave me hope. I don't, I, you know, I can't say if it was more, but I left there with movement. I had been gaining sensation before going there. Um, and so I, I went there, he put his hands on my back. Next thing I know, I'm doing leg curls. And it, it, it's been a very long road. Yeah. a very inconsistent road. The The thing about a spinal cord injury is when those nerves regrow and regenerate, they don't, the wires get crossed. They don't work correctly. So I can crawl. I can get on the leg curl machine, pull it down. But when it comes to kicking my legs out, they don't kick well. Okay. I can, I can pull up a little, but they only, I only get them, you know, half an inch up and then that's all though I can pull up. Mm -hmm. um, I can stand in an airplane bathroom, lean against the wall, pull my pants up. But if I don't have that tight space that an airplane bathroom offers me, I can't do it. I haven't been able to do it anywhere else. And so the inconsistencies within it is really frustrating. And that's what made me add the mental management because I'm like, I've, I've got to do something. I'm getting sure. so frustrated at one day everything works I, I started paralyzed from the middle of my nipples down and so I wow. had no yeah I had no core control I had nothing and I would be frustrated one day my core would work and I would be fine and the next day it was like I was paralyzed at t4 again and I had no core control and so with as inconsistent as it was I had no choice but to add mental training to my life because I had to do something 
to be able to combat the frustration from the inconsistencies. Sure. Oh, I, I bet that's, <laughs> I can't even imagine that level of frustration. Um, where are you now as far as um, core control? I mean, is that something that is, is there now or is that still something that goes in and out? Uh, it, it really, around my cycle, it goes in and out so, so much. Really? I mean, yeah. And I have ex- more pain, nothing really works. It's, it's, in, it's crazy how our body works yeah. <laughs> as a whole. A spinal cord injury really makes you in tune with what's going on with your body because there are so many new sensations. Um, I've, it's, it's a really frustrating road. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. That's why, you know, the meditation helps me clear my path of what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? And it quiets that you're not really recovering because that voice is always back in the back of your head, especially on a day when things are weaker. It's like, this isn't real. It's not really happening. You're, you're a paraplegic. Get, mm-hmm. get used to it. And, you know, I understand I may never walk the way I did before, but to be able to pull my pants up easier, that would be a game changer. I just, yeah. I really want bladder control back. And I feel if I can get my legs functioning, maybe my bladder will come with it. I mean, is, is that something that, that is, is possible? Uh, um, typically only 3% of spinal cord injury survivors actually recover from their spinal cord injury. Okay. That statistic may be increasing. I feel like there's more people recovering now. Yeah. Um, but they don't really, they don't know. I, so I'm in school now for uh, my major is going to be psychology. I'm working on my associates in science nice. and I want something I want to implement in the wheel with me house is mental training. I don't think that it's, it's touched on enough. And what if these individuals, you know, I'm not letting people, I'm not telling people they're going to walk again, but if you can gain a couple levels and improve your quality of life, why, why not? And if, yeah. or if you could just live and not even recover, what if you could just live a happy, healthy life as a wheelchair user? Right. What game changer. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I mean, since we're talking about it, can you tell, tell us a little bit more about how you came to f- found wheel with me and, and, you know, more about what it does exactly. Uh, so when I raced off road in the ACE, my, one of my sponsors was like, Hey, we can create a clothing line for a wheel with or for you, Jesse Strawham, and donate to a nonprofit of your choice. And I didn't find a nonprofit that had the mission that I had. Mm-hmm. And so, because my whole thing was getting people back to independence. And so she's like, why don't we found our own? And we co-founded Wheel With Me Foundation. And then I was thinking, I have a friend when I was in inpatient rehab, we got discharged at the same time. He still lives in a nursing home. Mm. and he is a paraplegic and so I'm like I want to get this guy out of this home like I want I don't want how many people are living as victims of the system in homes when they could be living a full life and having the time of their life you know and I was like I want to create a community to help people realize their power within and to help people realize that they can live a full life as a wheelchair user and their life isn't over because society has placed such a demonizing view of people with disabilities and what their life is like. When in reality, I live a better life now than I did before I was paralyzed. Yeah, definitely more meaningful, it sounds like. Too. Oh, so much more meaningful. That's fantastic. Well, I, I, again, I, I mean, I started the show off with how infectious your attitude is. And I mean, I can feel it coming through <laughs> the show today. So, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, 
again, going back to the, the video, in the video, you're doing the Tough Mudder. Um, now, is that, is that a one-time thing or is that something you're regularly doing? Uh, I'm not right now because my shoulder. Oh, yeah. I, I've done 10 Tough Mudders, wow. including Worlds twice. Nice. Yeah. I have two Holy Grails, uh, 2017 and 2018. I, the growing experience of Worlds is unbelievable. That 24 yeah. hours, it really, it puts you to the test. And going from my mental training from 2017 to 2018, I was a completely different person. I gave up in 2017. In yeah. 2018, my, my team was pretty banged up. And so we couldn't continue overnight and we had to get, go back out in the morning, but I was ready. I mentally, I literally, my team leader from the year before, he couldn't have come the following year. I love it. <laughs> I just let it do its thing. Yeah. And so when he came to check on me in the middle of the night in 2018, that next day, he's like, I looked you in the eyes and you were a completely different person. You were ready. And he's like, you, you were ready. I was ready to put my gear on and piggyback you <laughs> because I, I was so ready. I'm like, they're closing. Cause all the, our biggest combat is the hypothermia because I don't run. I don't get my oh, blood yeah. pumping in my legs. And so we're, I'm wearing a full five millimeter wetsuit. I have frog skins over that Jeez. I'm in yeah I'm in full gear and I still got hypothermic this year like we did full skin to skin um it was Real it was work. unreal yeah it was crazy and wow. I was still I once I got warm I was ready because I'm like they're closing the water obstacles because it's below 30 degrees let's go come on this is the time so how many other paralyzed athletes are taking part in Tough Mudder Oh, more of them are heading to Spartan because Spartan really? has the pair Spartan now. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, I just, That's I cool. love Tough Mudder's obstacles. I yeah. love um, all the water obstacles. They're a blast. But I actually got to do, um, I've done two worlds now and a the one in Northern California with my friend Tyson, who's also a paraplegic. And nice. so we've got to be on course at the same time. And it's always so cool because you're like, gang, gang, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Now, what about uh, people that you are in front of in, in the Tough Mudder and, and they see you? I mean, how, 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 well, I guess just how are everybody else? How is everybody else on the course? Oh, so my team, one of the guys is from New York. And I actually met him on course at, like, at that Tough Mudder from the Adapt video. Yeah. He, he was on course and we like, he came up on us and he's like, I'm going to stay with you guys. And nice. the next thing I know, he's doing the next six tough, tough mutters with me. Wow. And worlds. Yeah. And he, and he's just the coolest dude. Like people <laughs> want to join, join it. People want to help. They love it. You know, the top guys come through, uh, the ones that are winning world's toughest mutter and they're like cheering for us as well. They're like, yeah, Jesse, yeah, Tyson. And it's, it's so cool to have that community support and it's just a whole different community. The OCR community is a blast. Uh, I know I should know that OCR. Obstacle course racing. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, wow. Um, so I want to wrap this up um, with your life motto in the video. It mentions uh, stay, grateful, stay grateful, stay humble, stay hungry. Yeah. Yeah. So can you walk us through that? Uh, gratitude is number the number one thing in life. I could 
there's been times that I've been in the car riding in silence and I'm just thinking about everything I get to do and how awesome my life is. And I start crying. And until you have that level of gratitude, you're not living because it, it's, it's amazing to see how full your life truly is. We get so caught up in the want and the next thing. So take, take a time in your day every day to reflect. I do seven to 10 things that I'm grateful for. Um, staying humble. You, you can't get a big head. It doesn't matter where you go in life, how big you make it. You, you've got to treat people well and you, you've got to stay humble. And then staying hungry. Always, I always list things that I'm hungry for. And hunger is what gets us through. It's what keeps us moving. You know, you, you go to the fridge. It motivates you because you're hungry. Like, what are you hungry for in life? What's going to get you up in the morning? What's going to keep, what's going to be your refrigerator that you're going to pull from, you know, like, what are you hungry for? Because people don't, they get so caught up in other people's wants. What do you want? Wow. So just that motto and you walking us through that right there. I'm wondering, do you have um, any aspirations to be like a motivational speaker or do you do that already or writing a book or anything? I, I am a speaker already. Okay. And if, awesome. if people follow me on Instagram, I share motivational tips every morning. Someone, my friend Richard, uh, we did a podcast recently and he goes, if you want free coaching, just view Jesse's Instagram story. <laughs> I just followed <laughs> you this morning. So <laughs> I, did, I, I post from bed um, every morning. Nice. I try to. And then on Wednesdays, I am doing a 30 minute live coaching session, like just tips Really? For the most part and answering questions. Yeah. I believe that the, the information's out there for everyone to get. Why not share it? Yeah. Um, I am working on doing the whole opt-in on my website and whatnot. I don't have that yet. You know, cool. school well, is my number one priority right now. And that's what yeah. I do. I do travel to speak. I love to speak. I love to inspire people. I love to motivate people. I love to help people. And so let me help you figure out the opportunity in your obstacles. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely be sharing links to all that in the, in the show notes. So Jesse, uh, what have we not spoken about <laughs> that you want to make sure that our listeners hear? I definitely want you guys to check out Wheel With Me Foundation. If you want to get involved, just send us an email, wheelwithme at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram at wheelwithme and wheelwithmefoundation.org. Perfect. That was actually my next question. Normally, like, how do people get a hold of you? So you covered that. So um, well, Jesse, this has been, like I said at the beginning, an absolute pleasure. You're such an inspiration, and I'm so honored to have had you on the show. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and stay, what is it? Stay grateful, stay humble, stay hungry, and and I know that you will. Thank you so much for having me. It was seriously such a pleasure. All right. Well, have a great day and have a great week. For our listeners and viewers, thank you again for listening to or watching our show. Please check out Veterans Path online at veteranspath.org. We too are on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit the subscribe button here on the podcast or here on YouTube. Leave us a comment, a review, a like, and again, share it with anyone you feel needs to hear our message. And remember, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Thank you all and have a blessed day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. 
Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives. 